Hello, and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities, a network of private institutions providing an education that integrates the liberal arts, professional studies, and civic engagement. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. Our podcast speaks with insightful experts about current and future issues affecting higher ed. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Melinda Zook, Professor of History at Purdue University and the Director of Cornerstone Integrated Liberal Arts. In 2017, Zook developed and launched the Cornerstone Certificate at Purdue as an outreach program to STEM students. Cornerstone fits within the confines of STEM degree programs and helps students hone their communication and critical thinking skills, widen their understanding of the world and themselves, and increase their appreciation for classical literature and the arts. In 2020, Cornerstone Integrated Liberal Arts was recognized as the inspiration for a partnership between the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Teagle Foundation. Together, NEH and Teagle are sponsoring Cornerstone Learning for Living, a grant program to reinvigorate the role of the humanities in general education across the country. Melinda Zook, welcome to the NACU podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'm excited to talk about, you know, the work that you're doing. And, you know, for our listeners, why don't we start out by having you just tell us a little bit about your background and then what led you to becoming the director of Cornerstone Integrated Liberal Arts at Purdue University? So I'm a historian at Purdue University in the College of Liberal Arts, and I've been here for many years and rose through the ranks and was looking for something to do that was a little different than what I had been doing. I've always been very concerned about undergraduate education. And so when we got a new dean in 2015 and he asked me to head up uh, a new program that we were calling Integrated Liberal Arts, uh, meaning that we would integrate liberal arts into STEM students' degree programs. I was excited about it and uh, happy to lead it up, and um, that is the origins of how we decided to design Cornerstone. It, so Cornerstone, the word itself, just now I'm just curious, was not a part of the original concept. You added that. Right. Um, we, were, we knew we wanted an integrated liberal arts program, and we were just calling it that. But no one readily understands what that means. Mm. And it's not very, how shall I say, snazzy. So we decided to give it a name and Cornerstone made a lot of sense for us. Uh, one, because this is sort of the cornerstone of their education. It's foundational, um, but also because we're a big engineering university. So it fit perfectly. And the word was even adopted by the NEH Teagle uh, initiative because they liked Cornerstone uh, so well. Yeah, you know, why don't we jump right to that, and then then I have some other questions yeah, about the program at Purdue. But what is the connection with Teagle and the uh, National Endowment for the Humanities? So when I began developing uh, Cornerstone, what became Cornerstone, I, of course, uh, wanted money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as we all do. Funding is a wonderful thing. And I reached out to uh, the Teagle Foundation and began working with them. And um, they were excited about the program pretty much from the outset and uh, began funding 
the program. And uh, in fact, they've given us uh, three different grants. So they knew about us, they'd heard me speak, and they decided that we should all get together with the uh, head of the NEH, which we did in 2019, tell him about what we were doing at Purdue. By then we'd had some success with the program. He liked it, and so the NEH joined with Teagle to make these uh, replication grants. So other colleges and universities can uh, replicate our model. So you started out you know, by saying, it was developed for STEM students. Could you talk a little bit more about that in terms of like how they responded to the experience as much as you know, going down that pathway, working with STEM? So what we uh, were finding out at Purdue, this is prior to the advent of Cornerstone and explains why we developed the program, is that Purdue students were graduating without taking uh, many liberal arts courses or, or any at all sometimes. Uh, we found out that maybe 7% of those who graduated in 2016 had a course in American history. 10% may have taken a literature course, but that was it. Those numbers are, are pretty frightening. So they're really not achieving a holistic education. So we wanted to get those students into a robust series of liberal arts courses that was my goal. I went to the various STEM colleges and talked to administrators and faculty. And basically I asked, how can we better educate your students? And how can we attract uh, them into the liberal arts? So the first part of Cornerstone is a new sequence for all incoming students called Transformative Texts 1 and 2. And it is only taught by full-time faculty in the liberal arts. Now, they can be, a, it can be a historian like myself or a philosopher or a sociologist or an anthropologist or a musicologist. Mm -hmm. But they have to be full-time faculty in the liberal arts. And they have to teach them basic skills, communication skills, written communication, oral communication, and research skills. And all these students come in and they have a full year of transformative texts with a full-time faculty member who knows their name, they know the other students in the class. And this is particularly important for incoming students because many of their other courses uh, are introductory and gigantic mm. and often taught by graduate students. No one knows them. It's like being anonymous. So in the transformative text sequence, they're in a small group. They're with a PhD, a, a faculty member, and we try to mentor them and we try to get them reading and discussing what we would call transformative texts or what others might call core texts. Mm -hmm. And that can be, you know, Plato or Toni Morrison or Shakespeare or Frederick Douglass. But the idea is that um, these texts grapple with uh, enduring questions, great questions. And uh, this allows the student to have that opportunity. Also teaches them what the liberal arts are. Uh, now, the liberal arts are sort of twice poorly named and <laughs> um, students don't know what they are and you know who can blame them so getting this experience close up and personal with uh, a philosopher or an art historian uh, leading them through you know beautiful works of literature uh, plus we use art music and film inspires them to understand what the liberal arts are and maybe take more courses, right, mm -hmm. in the liberal arts. 
that's the first half of the program, and it, that's six credit hours, transformative text one and two. They can go on in the program and gain a liberal arts certificate by taking simply three more advanced courses in the liberal arts. And we've aligned liberal arts courses in themes. These themes are uh, related to the STEM disciplines. So one theme is science and technology, and another is uh, environment and sustainability. There's a theme in medicine and healthcare, and another in management and organizations. So this means that the finance major could take three more liberal arts courses in management, but they're liberal arts courses that would give him a sort of broader view of the world of, of capitalism or rich and poor nations. That would, you know, not only be part of what he's interested in, but, you know, it has that wider lens that we in the humanities and the social sciences can offer. How did the, the initial students respond to this experience? And I know you've been doing it for a few years now, and, you know, how, how are students responding today, the new students coming in? Students like it, and we know that <laughs> because the feedback is, is really positive as to their experiences. And I read their evaluations all the time of the transformative text sequence. We, we run assessments constantly uh, on the program. And one of the things they always say is that this was my fun class. This was the break I had in the stress of my days. Now, you remember, most of them are first-year engineering students. They have extremely difficult programs. And to get that one class where you're in with, you know, only 30 other students and where you're greeted by a professor who knows you and where you are tackling questions like friendship or happiness or unrequited love, you know, this is quite impactful mm -hmm. for them. We've scaled the program up significantly because of this. Initially, the first year when we're really not too sure what we're doing, we only offered a few sections, had about 160 students. But this coming fall, we're running, I think, 90 sections of transformative text wow. to about 4,000 students, something like that. I might get my numbers wrong. So I can't always remember. Well, it's significant growth is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. The growth is significant. Did you develop, like when you started, did you have to develop new courses for the program or, or kind of tap into existing courses? We did both. Okay. We did both. The Teagle Foundation is not too fond of uh, spending money on course creation. So we decided, we told them from the get-go, we are going to only create two new courses, Transformative Text 1 and 2, which is a real hybrid course because it's both uh, skills-based, but it's also content. So with these, these core texts that they're reading throughout the semester. So this is a new animal, and we're going to create that, but... The rest of the program, the cornerstone theme, science and technology, management organizations, etc., those are existing courses that we're merely putting into buckets. So students can see, you know, on our webpage that we have all these courses. They might be in different departments. Some are in political science, some are in uh, English, some are in sociology, but they're all on the same topic. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's how we, we developed it. Or how about... 
I guess early on getting faculty involved, did you, you know, bring everyone in a room and explain it and say, raise your hand if you're interested or, you know, did offer some incentives? How did you? Well, yes, <laughs> the, we did offer incentives, but originally um, we had a design team, myself and eight other uh, liberal arts faculty members from various departments. There was, you know, a couple in classics, philosophy, English, history. We got together for a full year to put the program together and particularly to design transformative texts because that was the heavy lift. The other classes already existed. Mm -hmm. What I did is I, I basically called those people uh, one by one and said, hey, we got this new program uh, for all incoming uh, undergraduates, but particularly we want to attract STEM students. Uh, are you interested in working with me? And yes, I did offer them a fellowship mm -hmm. because of course these are very busy people, right? And so we offered them a fellowship. Originally that money came through the college, but then uh, we got the Teagle Foundation grant and they started helping us with the stipends because every year we would bring in more faculty. So, you know, initially it was eight and now we have over 70 faculty in the program. Wow, yeah. So again, reflects the growth in the program since its uh, initiation. You mentioned the the certificate, the liberal arts certificate. They take the two transformative text courses, but then they can go on and take three other courses to complete a certificate. How important is that certificate to the program, and what kind of interest has there been in continuing on to get that certificate by students? The vast majority of the students in transformative text, a little bit, over, okay, not the vast majority, but certainly over 50% do not go on and do the certificate. That I, I readily admit that is happening, but that's mostly happening because the vast majority of the students are in the engineering program, and most of those programs are so heavy and uh, with very few electives that they find it very difficult to do the certificate. Now, many depends on the, the program. So those in uh, nuclear or uh, biological engineering have been able to do it, but those in electric, for example, have not been able to. And, and I don't know the specifics of about each program, but I can see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Some can, some can't manage it. And some students don't want to. They, they, they would prefer to do just maybe a minor in philosophy, which I, you know, I welcome as well. I just want to see them get a, a better liberal arts background. However, the certificate is a requirement for most of the degree programs in our College of Technology, now known as Purdue Polytechnic. And that's because they had a very far-sighted dean who uh, loved Cornerstone from the get-go and really wanted his students to get, you know, exactly what Cornerstone is able to deliver. Uh, better communication skills because they're taking 15 hours of liberal arts coursework keeping them reading and writing and presenting, and a broader view of the world. Do you ever, I have to ask this, do you ever find yourself, you're walking down the hall and one of the engineering faculty stops you and says like, hey, you know, my students communicate better, think more critically, have a, <laughs> a broader understanding of the world. Do the faculty in the STEM programs also recognize, yeah, how what you're bringing to their students and how it's impacting that experience? I think so. I really do because I have a lot of partners in uh, the College of Education, uh, in our business school, and we talk a lot about the impact that the program is having. And all in all, they seem fairly satisfied 
And, you know, occasionally I'll get an email out of the blue. I got one the other day from a uh, faculty member in civil engineering. And the, the line in the subject matter was, engineers like great books too. And I, I love that. And he was talking about the impact of the program on his students. You know, it's not a survey, it's not data, but here and there, we, we do hear positive things. You know, when you reflect on this initial idea starting back in 2017 or time frame, and here we are today, are you happy with how things have developed or more surprised than ever or, or lots, lots more to do? I'm exceedingly happy with the success of the program uh, at Purdue and its reputation, thanks to Teagle and NEH uh, across the country. I mean, I do... A, what, one of the things that I spend a lot of my time doing is talking to other universities and colleges, replicating the program. And one of the reasons they're interested in it is one of the initial reasons we needed to do it is uh, the drop in enrollment in the humanities and social sciences that started happening after the Great Recession of 2007-2008. And in a way, Cornerstone is something like a remedy to that. It brings students back into the liberal arts and they learn what they are and they learn that uh, it's actually not that hard to do a minor or a double major in a liberal arts degree along with your uh, degree in computer science or construction management. That's the good news. Um, is there work to be done? I'm asked that quite a bit. I mean, what else do you want to do? This is the way I answer it and I, and I believe it in my heart to be true. The scaling up of the program is out of my hands, right? I don't actually have a lot to do with that. That was the decision of those who are in the uh, administration. And so if they scale it up again next year, I'll just meet the, the numbers that they asked me to meet. But what is really in my hands is the enrichment of the students, the experience that they have in transformative text, which means a lot of work with the faculty, but it's something that I'm happy to do. And what I would like to see is more and more along the lines of enriching their experience in transformative texts. Mm. Even if they never take another liberal arts course, at least those six hours, those two courses really help to shape them and to give them a love of learning and a love of reading and a love of, of the arts. That's what I want. And that's something that can carry outside of the classroom, you know, and something they can take away for the rest of their life, really, as they yeah. continue to discover more books and more transformative books. Exactly. And it's something you really can't assess either. I mean, you don't really know, even, you know, you and I, our college experiences, maybe we couldn't have said right away that, wow, that philosophy course changed my life. But then 10 years down the line, <laughs> right? right, you realize yeah. how formative those experiences were. Wow. Well, we um, we wish you all the best as you continue to do this work and and lead the Cornerstone Project forward. And uh, we appreciate your time talking with us today on the NACU podcast and look forward to uh, engaging again in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for listening to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the NACU podcast. As president of the New American Colleges and Universities, I'm honored to work with our network of innovative campuses and champion the belief that a comprehensive liberal, professional, and civic education is essential to the future of our world. To learn more about the NACU campuses, visit nacu.edu.